Get ready to innovate and organize your workspace with Metro. As the industry leader in storage and distribution systems, Metro is here to transform and organize your kitchen. With their premium solutions, you'll experience the Metro difference. Metro's sturdy and versatile shelving units, workstations, holding cabinets, and utility carts are designed to streamline operations and maximize your productivity. Don't settle for imitators. Metro products last longer and offer unparalleled quality and durability. Plus, the many customization options ensure that your space is tailored to your unique needs. Hey, we use them here at Walk & Talk. Say goodbye to chaos and hello to order with Metro Shelving. Visit their website or contact them today to start designing your perfect space. Metro Shelving, your partner in organization and efficiency. The green, yep. And then do the, yep. Okay, stand by. Everybody silence, please. We're going in five. Rolling. Five, four, three, two, one. Rolling. Hello, food fam. This is the Walk and Talk podcast. I am your host, Carl Fiadini. Today, we're going to touch on why the restaurant life is so demanding. It takes a great deal of effort to get guests seated, greeted, and fed. Let's dig in. But first, our sponsor this session is Pizekis Produce and Specialty Foods. If you're a chef and you're looking for quality, service, and grow a growing selection of specialty food products, get with Brian and company. You will not be disappointed. You can find their link on our website, thewalkandtalk.com. All right, so... Hello, Chef Jeffrey Schlissel. He is our walk and talk culinary contributor. Thanks for electing to uh, to be on the show. Um, it's kind of like eating a buzz button mush uh, the flower. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Wow. Especially today. Right. Okay. So today, our host, Chef, we are at uh, Hotel Zamora, and we are with Chef Jimmy Rechich at Hotel Zamora Castile Restaurant. Thank you for allowing us to really commandeer the entire uh, <laughs> this whole oh, you're today. You're good. Um, wow! So finally, we're here. We made it. We've made it. Looks <laughs> like we've made it. Like it's good. Wow. Um, so, am I wrong? Is is this not a crazy life that we live in, um, in the kitchen and the, yeah. in the industry? I mean, it was kind of funny. You guys coming here today. Especially the event that I had yesterday. I had um, an event. It was a little small. It was about a 50-people event, a wedding upstairs. I had to do that, run the restaurant, run around, try to get everything together, get orders in. And it's kind of like you take two days off, you come back in, and then you're just like, what What do I have to do now? Like, you know there's chaos. As soon as you walk into your kitchen, they're like, chef, chef, while you were gone, this happened, this happened. And I ain't got no hair, so I can't pull it out. And I'm just like, <laughs> what What happened now? And they're like, why didn't you call me? I didn't want you to get mad. Well, now I'm mad. <laughs> like, I'm here. What do we need to do? And I was talking to people, like, through the years. I try to coach people, and I learned through the years. I've been in this business for 25 years. But I've been in there longer. I'm about to be 45 I grew up in the Bronx, in New York. My grandfather was, I was about 10 years old, and I grew up in a pizzeria. I'm part of Puerto Rican and Italian. Okay. And my grandfather was like, you want to learn? You want to eat? You got to get in the kitchen. Sitting there 10 years old, and I'm flipping pizzas in the air in Bronx, New York. Love that. So it was kind of, I had both sides of the attitude, you could kind of say, coming in the kitchen, the Italian and the Puerto Rican. 
And then it was like, you got to kind of learn like the concept of what it takes to be a chef, what so, it takes to put good food out. So then let me ask you a question. <laughs> what does it take to get, uh, to achieve a high level of, uh, of culinary satisfaction for the guest? How do you do it in this business? Should I talk like this for the rest of the time? I don't know. No, I shouldn't do that. Okay. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna go to that. If it's his sauce or gravy, we're gonna get there. Right. We're gonna get okay. there, man. I, um, so, I think something that I learned in this business it was just something that I had to teach myself, and that I learned from like actually like from my sous chefs and from my chefs from from back in the days, and teaching me to where it's like to buy these products is one thing, but to actually get a good product and make it taste good, I could sit there and. Telling you, hey, I just bought a box of plantains and a box of rice, and I can give you a gourmet dish. So it's at the end of the day, it means something to me. So if, if I buy something at a good price or I went over the edge and I bought something really expensive, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean just because you paid a good price for it that it's going to taste good. It matters if your heart's into it. If you could sit there and I could take a little $5 steak and sell it for $40, $50, then you got something coming out of it. If I could sit there and put a dish together... And nobody complained about it. They literally paid for the dish, and knowing that what you put into it, you put all your heart into it, it means something. Chef, I'm going to ask you in a minute about um, where your uh, where your recipes are, are coming from. Like, where do you where does it, where in your heart do they do you pull from? Mm-hmm. But before I do that, um, Jeffrey, mm-hmm. right? So I have two chefs in front of right, Chef Jeffrey, Chef Jimmy. Um, when when we're talking about um, the effort that it takes to pull off a 500 covers, 200 covers, whatever it is. You're talking about your kitchen. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the hostess, the host, your servers, this, this whole apparatus where there's 30, 40, 50 people that everybody has to be on point in order for this to happen and for the, for the property to, to, to make a profit, right? Mm-hmm. So to, to put that high-level quality um, dish out, Experience the bar, the whole nine yards. How do you manage that? Who's the who is the field general in the building? He is. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, I mean, it is definitely the chef because the chef has to, as a leader, both front and the back. There should be no wall between front and back, and a lot of times there is uh, the front of the house manager, the back of the house manager, that kind of thing. But I, I really do think that. When you're dealing with the staff, the, the passion comes from the leader, uh, and that's the chef of the building. He, he or she has to go out and describe the dishes. He has to then have the staff repeat those dishes. And it also depends on what level you're looking for. This hotel, the level is a little bit higher up. It's not like going to you know, maybe a QSR or a family re- restaurant. This is an establishment where they have to know the ingredients, where it's coming from, the peas and the pods, and so on and so forth. And you were just telling the story... You had a family come in from Europe, and no. you had to do the chef had to do the cook had to do something special. We were sitting in the back, and uh, the, my bartender walks up to my cook and says, "Hey, um, can you make uh, two orders of boiled potatoes?" And I just looked over at my cook, and I'm like, "Are you serious right now?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "They're from Europe," and I was like, "Well, you can't mess up boiled potatoes." I was like, "You're boiling <laughs> potatoes." I was like, "If you mess this up, we got a problem." But right. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> But that, that's that's the, the the nature of the beast of the what we're dealing with. I mean, you worked how long yesterday? Because you meant you failed to mention how long you worked. Um, it's one of those like I came in and literally like my job. To be honest, my job split into 
I split into pretty much everybody, like four different positions I'm doing. I walked in, I open up the restaurant, I get the bank for the bartender. I help my bartender get everything set up, make sure he's set up out here, make sure my people in the back are set up, they're prepping, they're doing what they got to do. Then I got the banquet, I have to switch over to banquets, help my banquet chef, go back to the restaurant, make sure now the kitchen's up and running, breakfast, lunch, and dinner's ready to go. Then turn around, go back to banquets. Then by the time I look at it, I'm on the line. After I put the banquet out for 50 people, I'm on the line with my sous chef, another cook, and Garmo. And I leave here probably around 9 o'clock. And for those listening out there, so he, Garmo, I know what it is. Tell, tell the guest. Garmo is a position that's, I try not to be funny, but some of my cooks hate Garmo. So as far as like We're pantry, talking Garmage, right? Yeah, Garmage. Like, I, it's... It's an easy position, but it's not. So I'll put that out there for people. Some people think it's easy. In my kitchen, it's not. My staff hates Gormo. So as a Gormo J in my kitchen, if you come down here, you're doing our pastries, you're doing our salads, you're doing our side dishes. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's a lot that goes on the Gormo. And I've worked at places, they call it pantry, and they right. laugh. Like, all you're doing is making salads, and you're doing this little desserts. In this kitchen, it's a different story. Yeah, not only that, like you go to some places, uh, I, I, a million years ago, I worked in a place, there was like 20 salads on the menu. And that was the main driver of that business was the salads. And everything was different. Are you kidding me? I don't want to have any part of that. <laughs> not, not, even, not even a minute of that. Experience the perfect blend of culinary delights, entertainment, and education on the number one food podcast in the country, Walk and Talk Podcast. Join host Carl Fiadini and the amazing chef Jeffrey Schlissel. Feed your appetite. Find this podcast on Apple and Spotify. No, and it's just, like I said, like, some Kiko kind of take some positions for granted when you sit there and you say, hey, I've got guys, I've worked grill, I can do this, I do that. Like in my one of my jobs that I worked at, I worked at the Hard Rock Cafe. I was a sous chef there for four years. I learned a lot on the grill. That's and I volume, had the experience, right? yes. And one of my, one night, I will never forget, our position started, our time started from 5 o'clock, dinner officially, the night crew was from 5 o'clock to 12 o'clock. And we did about... I want to say 16, 1700 covers. Wow. And it's like turnover, 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 turnover. Like, all right, eight, get up, eat. How many get days up. in advance? How many days in advance do you have to prep that out? Like, to get all, to, to just to be ready for 1700 covers? To believe it, as much storage as they have there at the casino, they've got at least a, the day before and get up the next day to prep. And it's a turnover. That is a lot. And, of and nobody doesn't stop. Everybody keeps going. And Three shifts. Shift. Three shifts? Yeah. Third shift. So third, third, three shifts means this is a third shift overnight. Right. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, but we're, we're at Castile, Hotel Zamora. We're in St. Pete Beach. This place is gorgeous. Um, you, you, uh, you made a couple of dishes, right? That were at... Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, our, uh, our main man, John Hernandez, over at Ibis Images, was taking uh, some food photography today. What dishes were they? And are those your most inspiration uh, inspired um, plates? Uh, actually, yeah. I remember I met with you a couple of weeks ago. We mm -hmm. had sat in there and talked, and I showed you a picture. And one of the, I can't take all the credit. So as far as like, I did a, a snapper dish. 
So when I say I can't take all the credit, it's uh, one of my cooks that I hired that I actually bought on two years ago. His name's Phil. I want to give him the credit. Okay. So what we did was we take the pineapple. He showed me. We were actually taking just like part of the grind. He came up with the idea like, I'm just going to cut it in half. And I'm like, uh, my food cost. And he's like, trust me, you're going to like it. So he cut it in half, guts the inside. We have, uh, I have one of my sous chefs. She's a heritage is Puerto Rican. So she was just like, chef, I'm going to make the rice like a dirty rice from Puerto Rican style. So she's like, I'm going to put the beans and the onions and, you know, I'm going to make like a condulas, but kind of like a dirty kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, let's roll with it. So then we, I was like, well, I'm going to take the snapper. We're going to get fresh red snapper in. We're going to blacken it. Then we kept on, we, everybody built on the plate. Then we came out with the pineapple pico de gallo. That was one of my ideas that I asked to use for banquets. I use it for the grouper. And they were like, well, we'll use it for the snapper. I was like, all right, let's roll. Then someone else came in and was just like, hey, why don't we do a garlic bro blanc? So you put the garlic bro blanc together with the pineapple pico de gallo, with the blackened snapper, with the dirty rice and the pineapple, and there it is. Ah, wow. As Shrek would say, layers. Layers for sure. Definitely. For, layers for days. But I, I want to point something out. We, we talked about, we touched this the last time. Um, it's leadership, right? Yes. And it, it's the boss leader. This is a leader. It's a field. You're, you're a field general. You're well, on he's the not, horse. You're on the horse with the, with the sword, the whole nine yards, and you're, and you're the guy that's out there like leading the, the charge. But he's not, he's not just leading. He's actually asking for the interpretation. He's asking for input. So that's important yes. because he's, and he's also giving the credit and that's another, that's how you keep and you don't have churn, uh, churn your, your, mm-hmm. your staff's turning over. These guys are going to really be involved with what he's doing because they have that uh, impression that, Hey, I belong. And that's huge. So culinary students or chefs that are out here listening, that's something you need to do, develop your staff. And that's the best way to do it. Mentor your staff. Yeah, so I mean, congrats on that. Yeah, not only did you allow, not only did you, you were open to take the suggestion and roll with it and put it on the menu and keep it, and you give the credit for it, right? That's, 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 you don't see that a lot. I mean, it, not a lot. Not no. a lot. You I know? mean, Chef, do you remember the last time your chef said, hey, I'm going to make a special. You want to help me with it? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been in the business a lot longer than you, so yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. So that's amazing. Those, that, that's that's uh, kudos for that for sure. I just take my I will, hat off. To, I will say, to, sorry about that, but I will say we tried both dishes. They are banging. I appreciate so, yeah, that. They definitely, you definitely feel the love and taste it. I can't wait to see the the, the actual photos. Oh, the one that he took of the paella, that was stunning. So, so where does your inspiration come from? Um, I have a couple of other chefs who are, you know, uh, kind of part of the uh, the, the walk and talk. Uh, family mm. and um, one of them he's a, he's a dear friend and you know his name is Jonathan Rodriguez he's over at uh, Salimar and um, he's also Puerto Rican Italian uh, and you know his inspiration is pretty in, in, interesting because it you have this um, the, it's it's Latin Italians Latin mm. Spanish but it's that that Italian heritage and that the Spanish heritage and that combination of fire because it is fire yeah. Who, who, where do you get the inspiration from? Where does it come? I think between like all the restaurants, like growing up, like I said, in the Bronx in New York and then coming down here to Florida. But is it from your dad, from your mom? Like what side? I want to say it's more like from my grandmother, my grandfather, mm-hmm. my dad, a little bit from my dad. I think he was one of the guys that sat on the couch waiting for dinner. So that's me. That, like, I'm not going to lie. That's me. It was more like, and then with my mom, my mom was like showing me, like I could tell you a story where 
one day I wake up in the middle of the night, eight, eight years old, and my mom's like, fry, it looks like she's frying a steak. And I'm like, wow, that smells fantastic. She's like, it's not what you think it is, Jimmy. I'm like, no, I just want a bite. She's putting mustard on it. And I'm like, why is she putting mustard on a steak? Went and took a bite, and it just mushed right in my mouth. And I was like, I'm good. I walked away. It's liver. Oh, no. And I'm just like, at eight years old, I had to learn. I was just like. Your mother is is Spanish or Italian? She's, uh, my mom is apart from uh, Puerto Rican and Italian. And then my my dad was 100% Puerto Rican. Ah, okay. So it was like kind of like split up. And then I'm asking my mom, like, which more am I, are, Puerto Rican or Italian? Like, am I 75%, 25? Well, like, how do we divvy it up? Here's <laughs> how you answer the question. Do you prefer pasta uh, or rice? Now, that is a hard question. Uh-huh. Yep. Because I'm used to, like, my grandfather and grandmother, every Sunday was, it was Sunday dinner. Like, yeah. we had pasta. Yeah. We ate lasagna at Christmas. We ate uh, lasagna at Thanksgiving. Now, my third wife now is Puerto Rican, and I got to eat rice and beans every day with her, and she hates pasta. Well, so, yeah, but here's the, here's the kicker. So it's, um, it's Sunday. It's pasta, right? And then what do you put on that pasta? Tell me. Tell me now, what you me, on pasta. to be honest, I make like a fresh bolognese. I sit there and got some mozzarella tomatoes like I make here uh-huh. at the restaurant. Yeah. Fresh basil. I take the whole basil stems, throw it in there. Oregano. I cook my garlic, olive oil. Then I add my some tomatoes. Uh, a little bit of crushed red pepper to give that flavor. Salt. A little bit of sugar. Uh-huh. And I always got to put the Italian sausage. If, like If you were the sausage. So if you were going to invite me over for Sunday dinner. What would you call it? Hey, you're going to come over for what? Oh, gravy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's old school. Oh, I mean, Lord. No Get me out of here. You, you know what? Say I, that. With my all God, the weird my. stuff happening with the equipment today, <laughs> yeah. of course it's this. Of course it is. Oh, my God. I'm getting out of here. Oh, oh finally. Wow. I mean, that's what they say from New York. My grandfather I'm not judging. Gravy, like, he asked I am not the night judging. before. He asked right? last week. He asked the two guys, and one of them was from England. And I looked. I go, he's from England. He's chef. <laughs> But he's from England. Uh, no, it's look. But he, listen, it's he, called Sunday gravy. It's not Sunday. Thank it's, you. There's like four of them. He's four out of the <laughs> like four to four. Oh my god. Yeah. No. All right. Well, I, I, guess, think I guess we're done here. Uh, we're, <laughs> but one of, we're the things, here. one of the things he test or touched upon was the, you know the third wife and you know working the long hours. How do you find the work life balance? Um, I mean, it's like, one like thing I said, like I like now, um, I will, I've, I'm married for the third time. I've been with my wife for almost eight years. Um, I have kids, I have four kids and from the marriage, different marriages and everything. And it's kind of one of those when they come, when my wife came into the relationship, it was like, this is what I do. Like, this is my passion. And I hate to say it. Like I didn't really get to watch my kids really grow up here and there and I finally now I've gotten to a point where I've had to sit there and put my life on hold sometimes and be like hey I'm here at work and this is how I support you this is how I take care of you and my kids understood sometimes the wife didn't so that's why I'm on my third I guess so I mean when you sit there and you go to work at 7 o'clock in the morning and you come home 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night I've done it I mean I've literally in one week I think I've I did a record of 96 hours in a week <sighs> And that was Mother's Day week. Like, wow. We're sitting there grinding. I stayed here at the hotel because still was nice enough to be like, chef, stay here at the hotel, me and my staff. But I loved it. And that's what my wife respects, my kids respect. Like, I have the passion for it. I'm not just here collecting a paycheck. And that's what I tell some of my cooks. I'm like, if you're just here to get a check. Wrong business. You're in the wrong business. Wrong business. 100%. And I'm, and I'm, I'm thrilled that, um, you know, we're kind of coming back to life in terms of personnel, right? Um, I mentioned it last week. 
and it's only been recently where a lot of the chefs that I that I speak with where they're they're they have staff, you know. So it, we're inching back to that, and I feel like you know the good that came out of the last couple of years with the change of environment, right? It's a it's a happier workplace. There's you know a little bit more cash getting thrown around. Um, I feel like now we're going to get some really good culinary, um, you know, pr- prospects, you know, in terms of our new breed of uh, culinarian, right? The new ones, the up and comers. Well, I mean, you got to have mentors yeah. like this guy, right? Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the key. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, so, um, so with that said, uh, speaking of mentorship and uh, charitable, uh, situations and, and the whole thing. So I want to bring in, um, I want to bring Jeff into this. So, we have a lot of stuff coming up here yeah. Uh, with Hurricane uh, Ian, right? And Jeff, why don't, you, um, why don't you get into what we have going on, the dates sure. on the screen right now. Uh, John just pulled in the, uh, the graphic for that, so right. it has all the dates and, and, and everything. Why don't you kind of talk about what, what we've got going on? So tomorrow night we're going to be over in Sebring doing Colina Park. It's a benefit for a family that was completely, they moved, unfortunately, to a uh, shelter that actually burned down with the family car on, with the three kids. So that benefits them as well. That was Hurricane Ian. Then after that, we have November 18th. We're going to be over at Cahaba Club with Marvin and his marvelous, so I love that, Marvin and marvelous uh, greens, those microgreens. And that's going to be $125 per person for the ticket. It's right now at six uh, chefs. We're going to be probably maxing out at nine. Um, so we're psyched about that one as well. That is the, as I said, the 18th of November. And then the next day we're working on this one. It's one of the biggest ones we're going to do. It's at the Bell Tower Mall in Fort Myers. It did not have that much destruction. Uh, there's like nine or 10 restaurants and we're pa- pairing local chefs that went through Hurricane Ian that can tell their stories. Uh, Seth from Straforia. There's another gentleman, um, Courtney, who lost his food truck and his house. He'll be there. Uh, Christopher from the Country Club as well will be there. They're going to be paired up not only with the restaurant locally, but they're also going to be paired up with a local farmer as well. And there's going to be a tasting section. And then that night, we're asking the restaurant to put that dish on their menu as a special and all the proceeds will go towards the uh, organization chefs helping chefs.org. Yeah. I'm really, really excited about, you know, the fact that we're able to to lend support, man, just to be a part of it is a really beautiful thing. Uh, And I appreciate you linking the show up with, you know, with all your, your, your team and your resources. So thank you for that. Um, Chef, as you, you know, we've, we've spoken a little bit about, you know, maybe doing some more stuff together with the show, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, uh, selection, if you will, of, of walk and talk, uh, media, right. Mm-hmm. I'm looking very forward to scheduling, um, some restaurant recipe, um, episodes with you, oh, which, appreciate that. yeah, I mean, it's going to, I'm, I mean, especially after seeing, Oh, so I made it to the next level. Huh? Yeah, you, you know, you, <laughs> you checked the box there. Well, like your food only looks good; it tastes good. It's, so. you know what I mean. Like, you're, yeah, <laughs> you made it. You looks like we made it. It's good, yeah, as we were singing at the beginning of the show. Exactly, it all comes full circle. So, um, ex- um, probably uh, today before I leave, we'll we'll try to pen uh, pen down uh, a date. Okay? okay, it'll be uh, different than today, but the mm. same, but oh. different. If you know what I'm saying, wink, yeah. wink uh, on the nod. It's going to go uh, very yes, smooth. Sir. Um. Jeff, Chef Jeffrey, 
So uh, I understand that you're going to be in a little bit of a food competition uh, November 5th. What, yep. what's, what's that about, man? So um, <clears throat> there's uh, this, the Taste of St. Pete, or as they say, Save Pete, or Berg, rather, St. Berg, Savory Berg. Yeah, whatever. And um, no, not whatever. <laughs> I have to get it right. Save Berg. Okay. Um, there's four or five different chefs I've heard, and it's from 11 to 12 is judging, and then 12 to 4 you give out your samples. And uh, I probably pretty much threw the token. I'm doing some crazy stuff, so I'm looking forward to I'm it. I'm not going to reveal what your menu, but it looked really good. And by the way, when I said whatever, it was kind of like you're stumbling on it, just move on. That's what I meant. Yeah, I got you. Okay. So that's going to be uh, November 5th and 6th, but you're, you're cooking on the 5th. Do you know who else is going to be cooking? No. Our, uh, our Puerto Rican-Italian uh, compadre, Chef Jonathan Rodriguez from Salimar, um, he's going to... My brother uh, from another mother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, brother from another madre. So um, <laughs> it works out really great. So I'm really excited. And then you got uh, Chef Alex, like the, the, the group that's coming, um, high-level chefs, man. And one of these days, I'm going to get you in the mix on this on the next go-around. I promise okay. you that, uh, Chef Jimmy. Um, listen, Tammy, uh, Tammy puts on great events. I'm really looking forward to that. You can go to um, our website, the walkintalk.com and uh and you'll be able to uh find some links there to see uh, see about the event and if you can get in um listen i want to say it's a great show everybody um before we go uh listen chef why are we coming to castile why are we coming to hotels more i mean look around this is what you I, I know why but to the get the but people who are li- to, to the uh listener to, to have a great experience to come here and get something that you can't get anyplace else. That's what I told everybody when I came here, that I want to give the food that I can't just go to anywhere around the world. I want to go there, see Chef Jimmy, see his staff, and get some of the best dishes I've ever had in my life. Well, I'll tell you what. That's awesome. I can, I can tell everyone with absolute assurance, Hotel Zamora is a bad-ass property and you need to get here and you know what if you're if you can hear my voice and you're somewhere else in the world in the united states you get yourself on a plane to saint pete and you come to hotel zamora you come see chef jimmy right and you come eat delicious delicious food um i want to thank willie john veronica and the uh all right for uh being a part of the show and, and helping with, especially with today, was, uh, you know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo. wow, I'll, I'll get into that on another day. Listen, thanks, everybody. Make it a wonderful rest of your day. Food fam, thank you. We're out. Let me tell you about my friends over at Citrus America and their amazing juicing equipment. They're revolutionizing the way you enjoy freshly squeezed juice. 
They're at the best hotels, restaurants, and markets. Their mission is simple. Develop a unique consumer experience with on-premise juicing. Deliver healthy taste options to clientele and juice more faster. It's that easy. Citrus America supplies the highest quality juicing equipment and solutions in the industry. So whether you're a small business owner or a large corporation, Citrus America has the right juicing equipment for you. Find out more at citrusamerica.com. Citrus America. 